This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them. of minutes yet so if you haven't feel free to go grab some coffee or a snack or something we're going to get things rolling here in just like two minutes thank you so much Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And the good news is I know that he Can do for you what he's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus Okay, I think we're ready to get things going this seems like a good time to start. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Okay, I just have a couple of quick announcements for you here today. And uh, I, I didn't take careful note of what all of them were, so some of these I'm going to be remembering as they come up on the screen. So let's see, what am I announcing first? Ah, there we go. If you're not already, make sure and text at HBConverge to 81010, and then you'll get text updates from us, things about where and when small groups are, activities that we're doing, cool stuff like that, just the occasional text reminder to let you know what we're doing, when it's happening, if plans change and we need some last-minute updates, that's usually how we update that. Uh, and then our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash groups HBConverge, we try to... Uh, technology permitting stream this service there uh, each Sunday it hasn't worked out in a little while but fingers crossed we might be able to get this one up on there again so hopefully we can start doing that again moving forward um, small groups uh, are still meeting on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 uh, we thought that might change some over the summer but you guys are still showing up and uh, the Sumis and the Velezes are still hosting so we're gonna keep that rolling um, so yeah, keep an eye out on updates on that one. But yeah, the plan for now is to continue meeting on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7, the Sumi's house, the Velez house. And actually, you guys, is that starting this week too? Okay, so at the, on, the, on Wednesdays 
at at seven, uh, starting at seven, uh, the the forests are going to be hosting a bonfire and providing s'mores materials. So, and I don't think it's just reading materials. I think it's actually to make s'mores with. So, you guys should go out and check. Out. This is a little bit less with the intention of discussing what we've talked about in here and more with the intention of connecting with you guys. This is even now over the summer where there's a lot less of us in here. This is still a big room of people. So it's a good opportunity to get together in some smaller groups in a, in a nice casual environment and get to know everybody. So uh, I'd encourage you to check that out. Exactly. We're going to be texting out the address for that on, uh, on Wednesday. So keep an eye out for those updates, and uh, yeah. Uh, also, we've got a podcast now, because the video's been a little bit unreliable. We're trying to put the audio up as a podcast, so if you miss a week, if you want to catch up, if you heard something that you really want to share with a friend and you're trying to remember how it was worded, or uh, if you just want to share an audio clip, this is a good uh, place to be able to do that from. So uh, you can check that out as well. What else do we have? Oh, if you're interested in helping out with tech, uh, Seth's all alone in the booth back there by himself, uh, and he can handle it, but we'd like to get some more people back there occasionally to, to help fill in, to help keep things running, to learn how this works for, uh, for weeks when he's out or when I'm out so we can make sure everything keeps going. If you're interested in doing that, you don't have to be a super technical person. You just have to be able to pay attention. That's all, all it really takes. So uh, if you're interested in doing that, you can talk to me or you can talk to Seth or you can reach out at that phone number. Let's see, uh, the announcements from Heritage, you can find those at hbclynchburg.com slash hub. Uh, that's the announcement hub where you can see what's going on, where you can uh, look for links for things that you know are coming up. Like for example, if you're trying to sign up for VBS, if you haven't done that yet, if you're interested in helping out with VBS, that's the, the link you can go to to check that out as well. Uh, our spring break mission trip, there's more details to be determined about that. Just keep in mind, we're planning on trying to do a mission trip over spring break in 2022. Uh, more details to follow on that. And then we'll give you some more details about this one soon as well. But June 26th, that Saturday, we're trying to do a hiking trip. So uh, plans are still a little bit up in the air, but the idea is to meet here uh, and go together somewhere kind of early in the morning. Not crazy early in the morning, but kind of early in the morning. And tentatively, we're thinking maybe Panther Falls. So we'll give you more info about that as it gets a little closer. Just wanted to make sure and let you know, try to leave that Saturday open if you can. Uh, Parker is going to be Mr. Tumnus and Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. If you haven't yet, you can get your tickets for that at renaissancetheaterlynchburg.org. That's the home page right there. You should check that out. Shows are June 11th, 12th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 25th, and 26th. So you've got lots of options to be able to catch that one. Uh, we are wrapping up the benchmark. Well, we've wrapped up the benchmark series. We're now in 2 Corinthians. So uh, the series that Dave's going to be working through in 2 Corinthians now, we're calling Greater. And uh, Dave should be in here, you know, hopefully he'll be in here in a few minutes to get that going. I don't know. He's presenting, like, Converge to the youth group right now, and there's a slight chance that they've kidnapped him or something. But <laughs> hopefully Dave will be over here soon. So uh, while we're waiting on that, um, is anybody at a table that doesn't have paper in the middle? Okay, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some paper for, from some other tables here real quick. Here we go. 
Okay, let's see who over here. There you go. So, does everybody have paper? Okay, so. I don't know if you keep up much with the, uh, the holidays that happen every single day that Google or, or somebody has declared a holiday. There's, you know, there's one every day. So one this past week that you may or may not have observed correctly is uh, National Paper Airplane Day. So, yeah, if you didn't celebrate it then, you've actually got a chance today. So there should be... <laughs> Hopefully, paper in the middle of your table. Your table is going to have two minutes. Two minutes to nominate a pilot, fold the best paper airplane that you can, and write your name or some series of words that we can identify to you on that sheet of paper. Okay, so we're going to start that two minutes. Everybody get that? You need to fold a paper airplane, nominate your pilot, and get your name on that sheet of paper somewhere. Okay, your two minutes starts now. Get to folding. That's one minute down. You've got one minute to go. Uh, you, you had one minute to go uh, 15 seconds ago. Thirty seconds. It should hopefully be shaping up into an airplane of some kind right now. Ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, time is up. Airplanes down, please. Okay. If you haven't already, please make sure that your, your name or some recognizable mark of some kind is on your paper airplane so we can identify it as yours. 
and then send your plane and your pilot up here. We just get everybody right up here across the front. Okay. Hmm. We might have to go. We might have to go in two rounds here. Let's see. Do we have room for everybody? I think we better. I think we better go in two rounds. Let's get this half. If you guys could all take a step back, you can be. You could be heat two. Okay. Here we go. Everybody over here. Could we spread out across the front of the stage here? Let's spread out this way. All the way up here at the front. All the way up here at the front. Yeah, yeah, all the way up here at the front. We're gonna we're gonna do two rounds for space issues. <laughs> we don't need any mid-air collisions here. Okay, here we go. Let's see which plane goes the furthest. Okay, ready, set, launch. Okay, I see that one. There's this one right here, though. I think this is our distance to beat. <laughs> Did that one get a second wind? Is that what's going on there? Okay, let's see. This one says just C on the side. Okay, so will the pilot from Jess's table remain on the stage? And everybody else from round one can go sit down. Thank you so much. I'm going to set this... I'm going to go in a straight line right over here. There we go. This, this is our distance to beat. Great job, pilots. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, here we go. Round two. Pilots ready? One, two, three. Launch. Oh. This looks like the furthest. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to check. Let's hold that one up. I think, I think that one wins. I think Jess Carroll's plane wins. It was really close. A slow motion photo finish. Great job, pilots. Great job, folders. Thank you very much. And you know, if this hasn't been, if this hasn't been an adequate celebration of National Paper Airplane Day, make sure and observe it some more later as well. Thank you so much. I think we're ready for Dave. We're going to go ahead and turn things over for the greater series and hear about 2 Corinthians. All right. So glad to be here with you guys. Um, I, I'm, I just ran up from the youth group room, from the senior high room. So, um, yeah, great place. Um, I've never actually been in that room with youth group people at the same time. So that's been, I've been in there for other things, including Converge. But uh, 
but not with youth groups. So I was inviting all of the graduates to come and join us for the summer. Uh, hopefully we'll start to see some of them, um, including even this Wednesday night at the Forest House for the, for the bonfire. All right, guys, we have been uh, studying through 1 Corinthians all this year, uh, sorry, all of this um, spring semester, and we're going to, we finished that last week, but I want to, uh, I want to talk to you about where we're going with that. Sorry, my stuff's out of order here a little bit. Um, we finished our benchmark series, and we, we closed it up, and, and I felt like, you know what, the story of, of the Corinthian church just isn't really over for us yet. That there's, that there's not that many opportunities that we have in Scripture to see multiple conversations that are happening with, um, with the same people. I mean, there's a few. Timothy gets a couple of letters, right? Um, but, but there's not that many. And so I thought, you know, I think, we, I think we continue on and see where Paul's conversation with the Corinthians keeps going. And what we, what we begin to realize is that there's, there's actually even more than just the two letters that we have received in Scripture. That, that there's a lot more conversation that had taken place in and out of, uh, of the church. That Paul visited there a couple more times. Um, he wrote at least one other letter uh, between the two. And, you know, we just, we just don't have access to all of that. But that there's still a lot more for us to talk about. So real briefly, I'm going to try to fill in a couple of gaps between the two books, okay, between the two letters that we've got, and then um, set up where we're going with 2 Corinthians. All right, so Paul had written 1 Corinthians. We went all the way through that. It was, it was pretty direct confrontation to a lot of what was going on, and we we saw some instruction that was there, and we, um, and we understood it to be this um, direction to measure their life, to mark their decisions by what Christ had done in their lives. That the resurrection changed everything for them. That Jesus is now the benchmark for decision making. Well, so then Paul sends Timothy to start... Uh, gathering funds, as we read about at the end of 1 Corinthians, that didn't progress the way that they had hoped for it to. And Paul gets word back that the Corinthian church is derailed again. Along the way, this is a matter of a couple of years, okay, um, in, the, in the 50s AD, okay, that Paul sends a very strong letter to them. A really difficult set of instructions, harsh words in how to, um, how to address certain things, and was planning to come and visit again, but then, and did actually at one point come and visit again, was going to follow that with another visit, but instead, after this encounter, he writes them this letter instead. Okay, he eventually he comes back to, to visit with them, spend time with them, and they seem to be, this letter's a lot n nicer in some ways, not in all ways. At the end of, if you read ahead at the end of 2 Corinthians, he says something like, you, you really need to check to make sure this is real in your life. Okay, so that's kind of bold in your face. But, 
But a lot of this is a kinder, gentler Paul in what he, um, what he writes. And so we're going to see where he's going with this. And what we're going to see is things like, you're going to face affliction. But when you do, you're going to be comforted by the work of God in your life or by other people. And that the comfort you have in that is actually not just for you, but it, although it is, but it's for you to then minister to other people. Later on, he's going um, to say things about really what the heartbeat of Converge has been, which is that no matter what you do, because you have been reconciled with Jesus, you have become a new creation. Old's passed away, all things have become new, and as a result of that, you are now an ambassador of this reconciliation that caused this change in your life to the people of this world, because we don't belong here. This isn't our home. We're sojourners and exiles, as, as Peter would tell us in First Peter, we're sojourners and exiles, and, but, but we're ambassadors while we are these foreign uh, residents of the nation and circumstances that you find yourself. And then even later, he's going to come back and he's going to, in part of his defense of himself, because that also has a lot of uh, content in Second Corinthians, is, is Paul defending himself before uh, some questions that have been raised against him. In, in response to that, Paul expresses this reality that he's been fighting against some setbacks in his life. Things that he has wished God would remove from him in order to be more effective at what he's doing. And that what God has told him is that the weakness is for his benefit. Because in his weakness, God's strength is made perfect. And that what he can do as a result of God's work in his life is greater than what he would do if all of his hindrances were shed. So what we're going to see through the course of 1 Corinthians is that all of these things that would rise in importance to us, that would take our attention, that would, that would feel really big, that in fact there's something greater and that is what God has intended for you in in an eternal sense beyond what we're feeling right now and so when we think about the fact that we God can comfort us in affliction that is that is empowering for something bigger which is now we get to be that agent of comfort in somebody else's life that you have become a new creation, but, but that's something fundamentally greater than just what happens to you. Now you get to take that message to others. That your weakness, which feels like a giant setback in your life, that God is actually using that for something greater, which is to make his strength perfect in your life. And we see that thread run through through 2 Corinthians as we see what Paul is really saying is that we need to live a life centered on Jesus. 
And when we do, we start to get a glimpse of this greater perspective of life than what we would naturally see. So as we study through um, 2 Corinthians, we're going we're gonna to study from that perspective, that we're going to see how God is intending something bigger and greater than what we would naturally just pick up on. And it's going to come from living a life centered on Jesus. We're going to start in chapter 1. Okay? So if you'll join me in chapter 1, um, we're going to do... We're going to go through 2 Corinthians a, a little bit differently for the most part than we did 1 Corinthians, where 1 Corinthians, especially towards the end, if you were with us, you saw us um, try to tackle enormous sections of Scripture in single events, right? Pastor Jeff was very adamant about, about the 40 verses that he had to get through that day, right, if you were here with us. And then the next week... Um, I, without him knowing it, kind of threw him under the bus and said, well, I'd have 58 this week, right? So we, we were tackling enormous sections of Scripture. And what we're going to do a little bit differently here is we're going we're gonna to see more of the highlights through 2 Corinthians. We're going to choose a smaller section to dive into and then let our small groups hit some of the things that are around that, things that relate to it. Um, but also some of the gaps in between, and we're gonna um, we're gonna work to weave those together. But we're gonna try not to tackle the enormous sections in our setting right here. So for today, even though we're covering chapter one, I'm gonna focus on about five verses. Okay. So if you'll read along with me, we're gonna read verses uh, three through seven of chapter one of Second Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are comforted, or sorry, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. It would not be a difficult task for me to put on you as a, as a table here to say what words tend to get repeated in this section of scripture, right? I mean, it's almost a dozen times, I think, that we read the word comfort or comforted or, com or will receive comfort, right? The noun or the verb or, or somewhere in between. We, we see that over and over and over. So some of our questions might be, okay, what, what's he really saying here? But I, I think we need to understand the context first of all, okay, which is that this is not just a, um, a direction in how people should observe or respond to the comfort that they receive. That's not primarily what's, what Paul is saying here. Primarily... He is praising God. Okay? This comes right at the beginning of, uh, of the book. So it's right after, if you are looking at your copy of Scripture, then you might notice that it's coming right after he lists off who he's writing to and who's along with him. Right? 
His normal greetings are right there. And so right after that usually comes this thanksgiving section of, of the text, right? And this is where we're at right now. Paul is actually praising God for the work that he has done in lives to provide comfort. But then, in a very Pauline kind of way, we get some direction from that, uh, from that observation and from that thankfulness, right, in how we should respond. And it almost becomes a bit of a tongue twister when you try to figure out who's getting comfort and how they're using comfort for somebody else, right? If you just tried to read verses, uh, well, mostly verse 4, um, all in, in rapid succession, you, you'll get tied up with, with how this relationship is. And if I tried to draw out, the arrows would be going backwards and forwards on who's responding to who, right? So let's just, let's just look at this for a second and let's, let's embrace what Paul's saying first, which is praise God that when we face affliction, he comforts us. Can we, can we praise God for that first? Like, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've experienced much that you would classify as, as affliction or struggle or you know, conflict in your life. But, but God works in our lives to carry us through or comfort us in affliction. And what exactly this comfort is, um, I, don't have a, I don't have a solid lineup of what all these ways that Paul felt comforted would be. But we've got truth in scripture to know that there are times in which this comfort is a removal of the circumstances. And that's what we usually long for right? A removal of the circumstances, to be taken out of that affliction. But it's much more common, and what I think that Paul is probably identifying with more directly, which is the comfort of God that comes in affliction to sustain us through affliction, struggles and trials that we, that we encounter. And I think we'd admit that our level of, of struggles and trials is reasonably minor compared to what Paul is describing, what the Corinthian church is probably experiencing with the, with the pagan culture around them, and the, even the struggles within the church that they're seeing with people um, tearing down what they've known to be true and trying to exalt something else in its place and the struggle that that would be to try to stay faithful to the church but not understand what exactly to adhere to. Like there's a lot of conflict going on, but that, but that God provides comfort in time of affliction. And what, what we begin to see is Paul weave together this idea that when you receive comfort, it is not just for you. We, we can enjoy it, right? And we should. We, should. we should sit back and praise God for his sustaining grace in time of affliction. But then when we get this picture of this greater view of how God is putting together your future and how you can, how can, or how you can have an influence on somebody else's life, what you're going to begin to see is that this experience is not one that I get to have alone. That what I'm experiencing very much 
turns into an avenue of me sharing God's grace to somebody else. And I think we miss that a lot. Pastor Jeff was talking about um, from, from, uh, from Paul's discussion with Timothy about people who, who are lovers of themselves. And, and even in the most innocent sense, right, which that's not innocent, that's selfishness, that's sin. But in, even in the most innocent sense, we have this tendency to turn our eyes inward and to focus on where we're at, what we need, what's best for us, how to, how to navigate what's going on in our lives right now, and we miss what's going on around us, right? Uh, I don't know how much time you've, you've spent around um, young children recently. We, we spend our fair share around young children right now, and um, they're, they're selfish brats sometimes, right? I don't know if you realize that. You were one at one time. Okay, whether you know it or not. And uh, so one of the things that we're working on with Micah, he's, he's five, he'll be six at the end of the summer. Um, one of the things we're working on with him right now is that he will enter a room and regardless of what's going on around him, demand an answer to his question immediately. Right? Break into whatever conversation's happening. And it doesn't, I mean, he, he, he can have been... He could be present in the room for the entire time. Like, he doesn't have to just enter and naively break into this conversation. He could, this can be at the dinner table. Megan and I are having a conversation, like, planning out the day, under, trying to figure out what's going on next. And, and Mike is just like, I don't know, what's some of the crazy stuff he's been asking recently? True. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a real scientific mind, and he'll just he'll just bust out, like, why do apples only grow in the summer or something, you know, in the fall or whatever, right? He'll just bust out some random scientific type question and he'll just interject that right in the middle of whatever's going on. And we have that same tendency in a a much, um, you know, maybe we'd like to say refined sense where we just take whatever's going on around us and we can shut it out and be completely focused on what's going on in our lives and miss what what's going on around us, where God is saying there's a greater purpose to your suffering and the, and the comfort that I'm giving you in this suffering. It's not just about you. But now you're being equipped when somebody else faces this struggle, then now you're going to be able to speak truth to them so that God may, at times, be individually working in your life to provide comfort in time of affliction. But he may also work his comfort in your life through someone else. And that's no less of a gracious gift from God than it is if he works in your life independently one-on-one with you than if he brings another believer beside you to walk with you through a struggle and to give you comfort because they have previously experienced it in another form or a similar form. And now what Paul is saying is you're not going to be the recipient of this, but the deliverer of it, right? He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. And we would probably respond with, well, can I just avoid the affliction altogether? Maybe we can just 
Like, I'll just remove myself from this scenario. I don't need to have the affliction, so I won't need the comfort, won't need to use the comfort in somebody else's life. I'll just step back from that. You know, that's not, that's not the option here. We're going to experience affliction at times. We can see that um, later in 2 Corinthians, that this is, this is a, a given. And then it's how how we're going to use what God does in our lives that is the opportunity that arises here. And so that then he says, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted. So, as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in his comf- comfort too. That we're not just left stranded in sufferings. That in and of itself is... If we take the perspective of Scripture, that is a joy to find ourselves sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. That's a hard one to wrap our mind around. But now Paul's giving us this, this extension that we also get to share abundantly in his comfort as well. And then, you know, he, he expresses how it relates with, with him and the people that he is interacting with in the, in the Corinthian church, he says, so if we're afflicted, if, if we get afflicted, what we go through is for your comfort. That this is something that God's doing in us to provide truth and his, the knowledge of his grace in your presence. That we're going through this affliction for your comfort. That's a benefit. But also, if, if we're comforted, then you also get comforted. That, that whether we're struggling with affliction or whether we experience the comfort of God, either one becomes comfort for you because God's working through us to provide something for you that he's not providing just in his economy right now. He's not providing it directly to you. He's providing it through us to you. And so whether we go through hardship or whether we get comforted in that hardship, both of these are going to pay off on your behalf. And that then you get to do the same thing. He says that our hope for you is unshaken. We know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. That at the, in the same kind of quantity that you share in the sufferings, you get to experience the comfort of God. This leads me to a few things that I'd like for you to discuss in the tables, at the, at the tables. What are some things that you've um, been through where you have experienced the comfort of God directly, okay? Now, they may feel small to you. They may be monumental, okay? That your perspective is, is your perspective, but God's work in your life is for us to, to share in because this is exactly the point of, of this passage is that you get comforted so that you can then share that with others. And so this is an opportunity that we, we don't know what each other are struggling with at the table right now. So you might have an opportunity just sharing how God has comforted you that now will comfort somebody else. So in what ways have you experienced the comfort of God directly? Likewise, in what ways have you experienced the comfort of God through someone else? How have you seen God use another believer as his agent of comfort in your life? So that, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't even notice it at times. But how has God worked through another individual to provide his truth and grace in your life when you needed it most? So that you received comfort from God through somebody else. 
And lastly, what is God doing in your life right now that's preparing you to have an impact on someone else in the future? And this is where you have to look at that greater perspective on the struggles that you're dealing with right now. That you are, in fact, experiencing, thi- experiencing, experiencing things that are going to position you to be an agent of God's grace and comfort in somebody else's life down the road. Um, Daniel Carroll uh, was in our group for a long time, and he, I'm going to probably mess up how he said it, but he, he would uh, share this, and it may not have been original with him, I, I assume it's not, but, um, but he would say that, that um, God turns your test into your testimony, that he turns all these struggles into now an opportunity for you to, um, to be at work in somebody else's life. And so take a minute in the groups that you've got at the table to dig in to what's going on in your life now that may position you to be an, a comforter in somebody else's life down the road. Okay, so we're, we've got about 15 minutes left in the session today. And I just want to invite you to, to explore these questions with your group. Okay, uh, I'll come back up at the end and kind of tie things up. But, uh, but I want you to have this time to, to talk about this. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.